Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked on Mavericks for Thursday, October 27th. They said we couldn't make it, but we're here. We uh, we got through that uh, that month-long preseason, and we have real-life basketball to talk about. Uh, Mavericks home opener at the Indiana Pacers. My name is Mike Marshall. You can follow me at Machine Sports on Twitter if you're so inclined to play that game. Uh, you can follow the show at Locked on Mavs on Twitter, and uh, you can also follow my co-host, who is across the uh, across the Metroplex at this very moment. The miracle of technology links us together. Jacob Kemp, how are you, friend? We did it. We made it, man. We did it. I watched like so a, much basketball last night. It's like a Shania Twain song. We're here to talk Mavs, but did you see my Lakers? Yeah, I saw your Lakers. See my Sixers? Your, yeah, I saw your Sixers. Embiid is going to be a effing problem, dude. Did you see my Miles Turner? Yeah, I did. He was... Uh, there's he's an all-star yeah he he's good at basketball it's really he's, weird uh he's pretty much unguardable yeah i mean especially like we'll get to some of the problems he caused for the Mavs but like if you try and roll a traditional center out there against him like you're gonna be in a world of pain like i don't know who's gonna defend him ever interestingly um, enough it might be easier to roll dirk at the five with him out there because he's kind of perimeter based but yeah yeah, it was. Uh, he's 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 impressive. That's a good team. I mean, yeah. I don't know. We didn't do Eastern Conference over unders, but past uh, Toronto, Boston, and Cleveland, I'm not sure that. Like, I think they might be better than Charlotte now. They don't yeah. have any. They don't have any depth. Right, it's probably going to be an issue for them. But, yeah, they got they got a bunch of veteran dudes, but none of them I like. <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh, okay, Al Jefferson's not bringing much to the table anymore. No, C.J. Miles and Aaron Brooks have been hurt. So right. maybe that's maybe Brooks can give them a little something, but I mean I think their depth actually ended up kind of being what kept their lack of depth and the Mavericks' depth ended up mm. being kind of what kept this game close, close enough for the Mavericks to throw a weirdo lineup out there to force overtime. Yeah, exactly. No, whenever uh, I'm looking at the box right now, Glenn Robinson the ninth was negative uh, fifteen, Stucky was a negative eight overall, and Lavoy Allen was a negative five. And uh, that's what got you uh, got you forced into overtime against a team that you should have beaten because you were playing much better. Like, they're going to be – I'm comfortable saying four or five seed in the East. Like, I don't know how I completely overlooked the Pacers, <laughs> just kind of brushing them off, thinking they're seventh or eighth. But, man, that was pretty impressive. Um, Jake's Twitter handle, by the way, if I didn't mention it, at NotJackKemp. So, uh, so do that. And uh, thank you for listening to Lockdown Mavericks. It's the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Um, did you notice, uh, I'm going to quote a nifty 
stat that I did in a feeble attempt to impress everyone of the scores that happened last night. Winning teams last night. Most of these teams, I guess all of them, it was the opening night. No one would play it back-to-back. <laughs> right. Um, uh, winning teams last night scored 112 points. On average? On average. Yeah, you got an OT game in there inflating it a little bit, but right. still quite a few points. Yeah, I think I think the Pacers had 122 going into overtime anyway, uh, or something like that, 121 or something. So it wouldn't have skewed it like that much if it just ended at the end of regulation. That's um, true. But it kind of makes me feel better about my general freak out at this moment about the Mavericks defense in the uh, in the first quarter, knowing that every team kind of had a defensive meltdown on opening night. But that's probably just trying to pacify myself with something silly. Uh, I think it was more the way that it came because the yeah. Pacers scored 22 of their 33 points in the paint yeah. in the first quarter, and they were going to the lane with just aban- reckless abandon. And the Mavs, Mavs cut that down a little bit, but the mm-hmm. first quarter, it was just the way it was happening. Um, yeah. Makes it a lot more egregious. Yeah, it looked like they like hadn't seen a uh, Miles Turner – Jeff Teague pick and roll or had no idea like what that was going to be like and Miles would just you know give you the slightest bump and he's 100 pounds heavier than whoever's on the point guard knock you off your path and then Teague like they didn't do anything to keep Teague out of the lane or keep Monte out of the lane when he ran the pick and roll it was like okay you at least have to stretch that guy out like sideways or keep him from just you know jogging into the lane with no one stepping up into his face, and Bogut naturally has to stay in front of Turner. And I don't know – it was really confusing to me because they did it about seven times in the first quarter. And I was like, I don't know if that's the weak side, like help defender that has to step in there and stop that pick and roll, if that's Wes, uh, if it's a Teague, if it's Teague on the dive. But that was that was pretty disheartening um, how easily they got what they, what they wanted early on. Yeah, and – Especially given the investments you've made in perimeter defending. But, yeah. dude, that, I mean, again, that's a really good offensive team. Mm-hmm. I'm not certain. I think I might have heard someone say last night, it might maybe it was Harp, that he considers Teague an upgrade over Hill. I don't. No, I think that's I, a wash. I think Teague is, is, good, is really good, and I would love mm-hmm. to have him. And he's around that top 10, you know, top 10 range, but I'm, I'm taking Hill. Yeah, I guess it depends what team you're on, um, because we saw last night. Obviously, Teague's um, probably more of a pick and roll, pick and roll distributor, um, and George Hill's more of a uh, off-ball knockdown, 45% of his threes type game management point guard. But I felt the same way. He said that, and he was like, "Oh, a certain upgrade over George Hill," and I was like, um, "Are we talking about the same dude?" Like, I really like George Hill. <laughs> But at least you didn't – I mean, you did give up 115 in regulation, but as you said, the average was 112, and 33 of it came in the first quarter, and it kind of settled down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be playing some really weird lineups, and I know that the Pacers are trying to work in a new point guard, but he's a veteran point guard. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's going to take some time. Like, I heard you and Bobby talking about this. I think it's going to take some time, one, for for Barnes to – just to figure out exactly how he fits here, given it's not like he just came from a regular team. And it's they're not right. irregular because they were really good. They're irregular because of the way they played, mm-hmm. uh, particularly offensively. And I think we should probably start there. I was 
obviously pleasantly surprised with Harrison Barnes last night. And it's not going to ever look the way that maybe I would like it to look. Right. He only handled the ball out of the pick and roll once. He did score. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I mean, he's he was pretty effective, and he was able to play 35 minutes. So it's not like they had to get him off the floor. He was he was able to play a lot of four. Um, yeah, I, generally, he, he, the, the one thing that he doesn't he doesn't move much. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, that's actually I don't say he doesn't move much. It's just that there are possessions where he doesn't move at all. Right. Yeah, and it's I don't know watching him. It's really odd. It's almost just a a learned, um, I, I guess, distaste for how he works on offense um, in that all of his movement doesn't seem like it comes, like, with intention, like, on offense. Like, I really enjoy guys where you can tell exactly what they're thinking at that moment. Like, they have clearly, like, grinded their teeth for a second, and then they're like, screw this, I'm going to beat you. Uh, and he rarely do, does that. And on the whole, obviously, the, the three to send it to overtime was huge. But um, I'm I'm fine with this version of Harrison Barnes. Like, that is totally fine with me. If he just fits in the cracks and is just, like, the extra outlet that kind of holds everything together. Um, the first half was really weird. He passed up uh, a couple open threes, one of them of which no one was closing out on him. And he pump faked and dribbled right into a defender which I didn't love. I was like, dude, shoot the open three. Like, do your thing. Um, but if we get this version of Harrison Barnes, I think that's perfectly fine. That's probably a little bit above what I expected from him um, this early on. On the flip side of that, I didn't love Bogut playing 19 minutes <laughs> and and being a negative 19 and basically having to get his ass off the court um, in a matchup that I didn't quite – I didn't see that happening. Uh, in this game, but I guess I might have underestimated what Miles Turner is going to do to uh, a traditional stand underneath the basket center. But uh, Bogut was negative 19 overall, six points, uh, three did, or five. He, he did show us that, I mean, his screen game is stupid. Oh, yeah. He he, sure. he was a big part of D-Will ending up with what D-Will ended up with. Was mm-hmm. it 25? Yeah, he had 25 overall. That's a big part of, uh, that. that was, Bogut was freeing him up all night. Um, yeah. For a ton of ton of easy looks for D Will, so it's weird because they were actually probably most effective when Dirk was at the five. Yeah, I mean the lineup that really got him their lead was Berea, D Will, yeah. Curry, Anderson, and Dirk at center. Yeah, it was super weird. And I don't think you're going to see a ton of that, but the other one that worked pretty well for him was Berea, D Will, Wes, Dirk, and Barnes. Mm-hmm. So it's it. I don't know. I, I don't really. I, it's an odd thing because it, it's just going to be dependent on whoever they're playing. Because that was their best lineup had Bogut off the floor and Dirk at center. Mm-hmm. But there's no way you can do that for more than like I don't know five to six minutes a night. Yeah, and you don't guess, really have another guy like you. I. <laughs> yeah, there's not another option that could play against a Miles Turner like that. You could There's maybe not... play Pal at the five, but then you're taking another shooter off the floor. True. Yeah. I just – I wonder um, – two things kind of bothered me early on was obviously there's going to be a narrative of the Mavericks can't score in first quarters because they keep on – they're going to be trailing a lot of fir- first quarters. To me, that's entirely defense-based. Like, if you hold the other team to 25, they can score 25. Like, that's right. fine. But if you, if you don't force any um, – 
any fast breaks, if you're just going to let the other offense dictate what exactly is going on, then, yeah, you're going to have some rough first quarters. So first quarter defense – I would say, especially if you're turning the ball over. I mean, a lot yeah. of those – in the first quarter, a lot of those uh, transition yeah. looks were – they were not off misses. They were off just bad, bad turnovers. And yeah. I think, you know, that might be the story of the game is how D-Will rebounded from looking just awful for the first six to eight minutes. Yeah. Uh, and, and after that was a steady hand. He had a really weird play at the end of regulation um, where he turned it over after uh, I think West maybe knocked the ball away. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like it took he and Wes like an f- entire quarter, yeah, to get their get their head moving quick enough uh, to like uh, diagnose plays that were coming at them um, in real time. And the other thing that kind of bothered me was um, where was it? I'm sorry. Oh, not using like whenever Darren and Wes are out there against a Teague and a Monte, you have advantages. Yeah. You for sure have advantages. One is size, one is strength, um, and they didn't use them. Uh, they tried to post Darren once, and he didn't like his look and kicked it back out. But I was like, dude, you're not going to be able to run with this team with your starting five. You have to take your advantages where they are. You can't play to their game. And eventually they just gave up on that completely and started rolling three-guard lineups and saying, all right, well, if y'all are going to run uh, and we're not going to commit to posting up our – our bigger guards, then we're going to try and play your game. And luckily, Seth Curry was good enough in the fourth quarter um, with two steals and then a run out to get the Mavs back in it with that weird-ass three-guard lineup. But I don't know. I, this team has advantages over a team like Indiana, obvious ones that you can exploit, and I don't feel like they did that enough early on, and that's why they ended up losing because they had to come back from what they did in the first quarter and were trailing by nine going into the fourth. Well, also – if you're going Wes Matthews going two for 10 on three uh, from three yeah. and so many of his shots were uncontested. The box score has him at two of 12. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. An uncontested looks uh, last night. If, if you're going to be a team that doesn't really have guys that go to the rim uh, yeah. and doesn't really have guys that create in the pick and roll, I want him taking 10 threes. I really don't have a huge problem with that. He just right. has to hit four or five of them. Uh, if he's going to take nine or 10 threes, you got to hit three, four or five of those. And that's, that, that's really kind of the difference in the game uh, yeah. past the first quarter is because you got, uh, you know, beat by 15 percentage points by a team that, I mean, I guess I now have to consider the Pacers like a pretty good offensive team that can shoot, but they you can't have a black hole in your starting lineup going two of ten from three whenever that's really the only offense that guy has and, yeah. expect, to, and expect to beat anybody on the road who is as good or better than you are, so... I left pretty encouraged, honestly, which is probably homerific of me. But I think it's going to take some time. And we've been saying that every year for the last few years, but we've been saying it for the same reason, which is that you've got guys playing different roles who haven't played a ton together. Um, And I like this version of it better because Mm -hmm. I know for sure that Wes is here for three more years. Barnes is here for this year and three more years. So it's easier for me to buy into – Hey, uh, you know, add Anderson to that. I think Curry into that, Powell into that, uh, even Salah. And it's easier for me to buy into let's give these guys time whenever yeah. they're guys that I know that are going to be here for a while and that they're not 33. Yeah. So it doesn't, and, it doesn't really bother me to be like, all right, the best version of this team is going to be in December or January. And it might end up mm. meaning that they miss the playoffs this year. 
But yep. at least at least I'm more I'm more patient or it's more palatable to wait for a team to figure each other out when I at least know that they're going to be on the team. Yeah. Berea, Anderson, and West combined four of twenty-three from three, and that ain't that ain't gonna work. Berea had some open, open looks in the fourth quarter in an overtime yeah. that he was just not able to hit. Although you know what, credit to them for getting a look for Barnes to tie it without a timeout because that was a freaking wide open shot. And yeah. I I don't know why, but I felt pretty good about that whenever he left his hands. Like yeah. He's not a guy that, you know, he doesn't just have, like, knockdown confidence that he inspires. But I don't know. Just for the whole first game thing, the how much we dattered him, I don't know. I, for the qualitative aspect of it, I, I felt like that was going in. But that wasn't, like, a tough shot. No. no. It was just a clutch shot. Yeah, if you're an NBA-level player, you beg for that shot, like, at any, at any moment. And um, with him, it's just – us assuming that he's not – I don't even know what our thing is with him. We just kind of assume he's kind of weak because he's never done it before or he's just not grizzled and doesn't have, you know, a killer mentality or something. But I think <laughs> you leave any NBA player that wide open, they should make that shot. So we shouldn't be surprised that he knocked it down. But I think it's a huge confidence boost for them being able to go to him uh, just moving forward off that shot, going, this guy has it. We don't have to phase him out of the offense in the fourth quarter. Um, he can he can contribute. Uh, how do you feel about how many threes they attempted? Um, 40, 48, which is, I think, the second most ever. Um, is that the answer to um, the offensive woes that might that might follow them around for a little bit? I think shooting, well, if you shoot 38 percent, I'm fine with it, but. Well, uh, the thing is, is that they wouldn't have shot so many threes if Bogut had played 30 minutes instead of 19. And the reason yeah. that they, ha- they had to play, like, in the chess match, Indiana played Bogut off the floor. So if you play Bogut off the floor and all of a sudden you've got Justin Anderson at the four, Derek mm-hmm. at the five, and three guards out there, you're going to be taking a ton of threes because they're going to be open. Yeah. So on a normal night, I don't think you end up near that high, but I do think uh, you're we. Every year, you probably should bump what you expect a normal number of threes for your team to take up 5%. Mm-hmm. It just on a linear level every single year. So if you take that and then you factor in the fact that they had to play small ball to catch up and to stay in the game, uh, it doesn't really surprise me that much. My, my, my fear, or not fear, but my concern is more just that this team cannot win without Wes Matthews being an effective three-point shooter. Yeah. Like, they can't win consistently with – because he, a lot of those are going to be open looks. And if he's not going to be able to knock down open threes, they're going to have a really tough time generating offense night to night. Yeah, they have to cash in on every, um, I guess, successful offensive possession. Dude, J.J. They, had 20 generate. drives last night. That's nuts. <laughs> That's a big part of the reason they had as many threes as they did is that – I mean, he, he J.J. played, what, 35 minutes? Yeah, he played no, 40, he? 30, 30, 40, 39, dude. <laughs> so he if Bray is on the floor for that long, you're going to you're going to get threes. Yeah. They, yeah. You know, not from him necessarily, but there's going to be threes there. Yeah, and I mean, that's what the three-guard lineup did because then you're then you have Thad Young chasing like um Darren around. And it's just a natural mismatch along the perimeter. Um All right, what other notes did I have? Dwight Powell kind of worried me. Yeah, he was not um, good. Couldn't that finish was, the dunk. That was pretty awful. Um, 
I think they need something out of him every night instead of where, – where did he finish? Let's see. 0 of 2. Did have seven boards. Uh, didn't score. So I need something more out of Dwight Powell. Uh, Justin Anderson was fine. He might need to chill on shooting the three so often. Um, once he go, once you're at one for four for the night, maybe just chill a little bit and find a find a different shot and don't don't take two more of them. Um, let's see here. I think if they shoot, if they can shoot um, like north of thirty seven percent from three, I'm fine doing like a Rockets type offense. Like because at some point it becomes like a value if you take enough of them. But I don't know. I I guess that's my answer to um, the holes that they're going to be in in the first quarter <laughs> is maybe try and shoot your way out of it. And I don't like – Rick's been going to the same tricks for like, I don't know, seven years now of going super small uh, with three-guard lineups. And I thought this year he might have had – he had enough tools like in the uh, in the chest to not necessarily do the three-guard lineup thing. But that's – I guess that's his uh, – that's his blankie. I wouldn't be afraid to play uh, Dirk from five to five down. Dirk, Barnes, uh, Anderson, Matthews, and then any number of the point guards. Because when they had Dirk at the five last night, it was with three guards. But if you did it with Matthews, Anderson, and uh, Barnes on the floor, then you could put either Berea or Curry or even Dewell at the one, and it might you might be able to contain it a little bit better. Um, then, if, then, then when you go three guard and you're just leaking out uh, drives. So, dude, you're going to see probably 20 different lineups in the next two weeks. Yeah. So yeah. that's just kind of where we're at with this thing right now. But, you know, it's uh, it doesn't – you know, the Rockets aren't, like, unbeatable. The Rockets right. are trying to figure their own crap out. So, it, you know, the next two games, I wouldn't be surprised if they're very competitive in both these and maybe grab one or both. Let's uh, before we get out of here. Let's take a look at I guess the most successful lineups that they used last night. Let's see, Anderson the, of of a lineup that played more than two minutes. Anderson, Berea, Curry, Dirk, and Darren was the uh, the best unit. That was that fourth quarter unit. Um, let's see a one thirty three defense or offensive rating overall, <laughs> a twenty two defensive rating. I don't think that'll hold up, but <laughs> we should see. Um, and then second most successful that played six minutes was Anderson, Berea, Curry, Dirk, and Dwight Powell sliding in there. That's curious to me, but all right. I'll believe your numbers. <laughs> and then Berea, Wes, Darren, Barnes, and Dirk had a 115.9 offensive rating. They played 12 minutes. That was the most common. Was that the most common lineup overall? That was. Wow. So Berea at the one, Darren off ball. West at the three, Barnes at the four, and Dirk at the five. That's the most common lineup they used last night. And it was overall negative, um, 1.3 in net rating, but they cranked the offense out. So maybe that's a, that's a trick to go to, just slide Beret in there. And they did it at seven-minute mark, I think, um, last night. No, they yanked Dirk off the court. That's right. Yeah. But um, all right, I guess I feel as good as I can feel about a nine-point loss in Indiana. Um, if you had told me before the game that they're going to lose by nine tonight in season opener in Indiana, I probably would have been a little bit pissed. But after watching it, like that's that was a really good effort. Like I have zero problems with what they did last night, and that'll beat um, a lot of teams in the league. Those that'll beat all the bad teams actually. Um, so not much problem with it. Pretty encouraged by Barnes in particular. 
um, by their willingness to uh, to just launch away uh, mm-hmm. if they're shooting well, like 38% from the field. So that's that's how I feel about it at this point. Yeah, well, we'll have two episodes on Monday, and hopefully uh, there might be 100 threes in each of those games. Oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah, it might just that's look like uh, somebody's going to get the money ball out, the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the bonus ball. All right. We're going to have to figure out how to uh, not let a probing point guard get into the paint so easily. Get into that, uh, get into that weird, that weird in between area where Bogut can't get to you and your and your point guards chasing because James Harden will literally take sixty shots if you don't string him out like sideline, or at least have the off uh, the weak side defender blitz him or something. So figure that ass out, and then in uh, forty eight hours time, and then we got the Rockets Friday night, and then Sunday in Houston. So there you go, man. Thanks for your time, Jake. Yes, sir. We'll see y'all Monday. All right, bye. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.